Hey Krishnendu, welcome to the crypto world. So today, Krishnendu, please introduce yourself. Hi everyone, I am Krishnendu Chatterjee. I'm based in Taipei, Taiwan. Uh, I have been in the crypto space for the past five years in various roles. So basically, I started investing in Bitcoin in 2016 while I still pursuing my PhD. I finished my PhD in 2017, and then I joined a company called DTCO in Taiwan, which was in the health tech and uh, blockchain startup. So I was the product manager and business development manager for this product, and we implemented it in hospitals. So basically, it's implementation of blockchain in hospitals. So I have hands-on experience in this, and after that, I was joining a company called. Uh, Infinity Blockchain Labs. So they just opened in Taiwan in 2018, around that time, and then I joined them in 2019, and uh, I was them working with them till last year in uh, till October as a blockchain consultant, mm. and mostly they were implementing blockchain in supply chain traceability and product origin. Mm. Right now I am working with Xrex. Which is a crypto exchange, and uh, we are trying to bring crypto to the common people by decreasing the level of uh, difficulty by various things like education and videos and peer-to-peer uh, -peer, uh, transfer of ideas and thoughts and knowledge, and then. Uh, we are also taking care of the KYC AML part, which I feel is very important for this space to grow. Mm -hmm. That's my background, mostly in business development and in blockchain consultant. So I have been in this space, and you can say I've been there and done that. Yeah, yeah. DeFi is the main thing that will grow in future. I think so because the first point that came in Bitcoin was also related to finance. And most people and the youngsters or the beginners don't understand DeFi. So, can you please just elaborate on the term DeFi? Sure. So, DeFi is basically decentralized finance, and I totally agree with you that DeFi is something which is going to grow rapidly. Currently, DeFi has a market cap around forty billion dollars, which I think will at least uh, be five times more. So, in the next three to five years, so it will. Cross 200 billion US dollars in the next three to five years. So, what is DeFi? In simple terms, um, you uh, deposit your money in a bank, and the bank uses your money to give loans to other people who needs the money. Mm -hmm. So, they charge a higher percentage, and for for you, they give you a certain percentage back because you deposited the money. Mm -hmm. So, this is how a centralized financial system works. Uh, DeFi is very similar to this, but herein there is no centralized authority who will uh, check that you will uh, get the DeFi uh, project. You will invest in the DeFi project, and then uh, there is no central centralized body or centralized person who will check that you have paid back or not, or what is the terms, etc. So everything is done on a smart contract. So you have a smart contract, and suppose you have Bitcoin, and right now the Bitcoin price is, say, thirty-five thousand US dollars, mm. and you don't want to sell it, but you want to say, get ten thousand US dollars against your one Bitcoin. Mm. 
so you can put your bitcoin and you can get a certain percentage of that amount as loan mm. in stable coin so stable coin is something which is backed by say us dollars the so one usdt which is a stable coin is backed by 1 us dollars for Order. example Order. so you get back 10000 us dollars and then you use the money for say your personal things or for trading and then whenever you return it back you return it back with a certain percentage as interest hmm. so you can then get back the uh, bitcoin back similarly if you just don't want to sell it or if you don't want to get a loan you can just give your bitcoin to a third party older hmm. and they can then loan it for others who wants to do trading or uh, margin trading or spot trading or whatever mm-hmm. so basically this is another way of earning passive income so there are various projects which are trying to do it mm-hmm. uh, some are centralized some are decentralized mm-hmm. and i feel that there's a lot of scope in this space to grow mm-hmm. mainly because right now most of the money that is coming in the defi space from retail investors is basically from people like me and you who wants to deposit their crypto and get some money back mm-hmm. but there is a huge potential of this space being very attractive to institutional investors and hedge funds and big investors like uh, who who have the deep pockets we call it we call them whales in the crypto market mm-hmm. but for this to happen the defi space will have to be a bit more creative and they have to have some kind of uh id verification kyc done so that they know whose people whose money they are bringing in the system hmm. so this is how i feel the system will evolve so basically right now there are two ways crypto is going one is centralized way where you have centralized exchanges like binance wazirx coin dcx hmm. xrx and then there's a defi way where there's no centralized authority but everything is governed by the smart contract mm-hmm. so these are the two ways crypto is moving right now and even in the defi space i feel in the coming one year at least mm-hmm. i would say that some projects will come out which will have a way wherein institutions can invest after doing proper kyc aml so this is my take on the defi hope you have a bit of knowledge what is defi mm, yeah actually yes you explained very nicely and actually i also think that um, uh, this is the right time and many projects are working on that like uh, pro- solving the scalability issue and sustainability issue and i think many projects are coming up now and now then but actually i also feel that there are a lot of coins in the market and the, if someone wants to invest in those types of coins uh, at the time of ico so there's a lot more to understand uh, the topic about ico that which type of ico you should go with or you should invest or not and you already know a lot of ico so how do you look at ico as a potential investment and uh, to give a please give a brief about what is ico mainly to the new beginners okay so ico stands for initial coin offering mm-hmm. uh, what does this basically mean so suppose uh a company wants to raise funds so basically before crypto they had to raise funds by diluting equity and uh getting debt but so these are the only two ways where they can get raise funds mm. so how does that work so you go to a investor and say hey i have like uh, 100 shares i want to 
uh, you know, give you 10 shares for say $10,000. And then you go to the next round and say, hey, I have done this much. I have this many people using my platform. I have this much revenue. So I want to sell the next 10 shares for say $100,000. So in this way, you raise various funds, various rounds, which is called Series A, Series B, Pre-Seed, Seed. So this is commonly what you hear from people that uh, you know, uh, Cred raised this much amount of money or Ola raised this much amount of money. So this is how they raise funds mm -hmm. to grow a company. Mm -hmm. So once the company is grown mm -hmm. and they have enough revenue and it's a sustaining business, they go and list on the market mm -hmm. so that common people like you and me can invest in the shares and get profit. So that's how share market works. Mm -hmm. Similarly, after the cryptocurrency craze came in, People started telling that, okay, fine, now I don't have to do this. I can just go directly to the people who uh, can invest in the project like from day one. So that's how ICOs work. So uh, maybe there is a seed, seed round, but generally people like common people, retailers, they get to invest in ICOs very early. So the risk reward ratio is very high. So if you invest in 10 ICOs, probably one of them is going to be a huge success. For example, most of you have heard of Matic network or mm -hmm. Polygon. Yeah. So around a year back, Polygon was worth roughly like 14 million US dollars. Now it's worth like 14 billion US dollars. <laughs> so that's how much the ICO project has grown from mm. a ICO to becoming one of the biggest known names in the whole world. Mm. So Polygon is really making me as an Indian very proud. Mm. So this is the potential of uh, being an early investor in an ICO. But of course, as I said, the risk reward ratio is very high and probably only in one in 10 ICOs succeed in doing whatever they want to do. Mm. What do you think about like uh, positive and negative being uh, investing in an ICO at the time of that launching? So what, do you, what are the things? So uh, the positive aspect of being an ICO from an in the investor perspective is that you get to invest in a project very early. Mm. So basically as a retail investor, you don't have access to invest in companies like Ola or Uber before they are actually listed on the market mm. because you don't have that much capital to invest. And the ticket size or the amount that the minimum amount that you have to invest is probably say half a million dollars or a hundred thousand dollars. So this is the amount which is very huge for normal people. Mm -hmm. So the positive side of ICO is you get to invest in a project which you feel can really be a market changer. And you get to invest at the same price or at a very similar price that all other investors are investing in. But the negative side is most retail investors, including you and me, and other people in the crypto market, they are not seasoned investors. So they really don't know how to choose a market winner. Mm. So they go after say the marketing craze or advertisements or promotions or PR and they get swayed. And this is where a lot of people fall for bad projects, which are just scams or which doesn't have the potential to be market winners mm -hmm. or they don't even have a product to be honest. So mm -hmm. these are the things which I feel is a positive and negative of investing in the crypto field. So since I said I have already been in this field for like five 
years now, close to five years now. Mm. Uh, I have been part of many ICOs as an investor and also as an advisor in various capacity. Right, right. It was quite good points, I think. So, uh, like, if we talk about the marketing side of an ICO, so I still get to get a lot of messages on Instagram and normal ads on Google and YouTube about this token launch, this token launch. So, at this type of environments, like, how to analyze the coins and uh, prevent being scammed because you may get invested in a particular coin but you get not get a good investment so how to analyze right so uh, let's say uh, you want to invest in an ICO which you got an advertisement and probably with an ICO you will get some link to go to their website and see what is the ICO about mm -hmm. so this is normally how people invite you or do advertisement mm -hmm. so what is the most important things few things that you should keep in mind before investing are like does that ICO has a white paper or light paper or some kind of documents which states what is the problem that they are trying to solve, what is the solution, what is the product that they are trying to build, what kind of token they are launching, is it a utility token which you can use in the product or is it just a security token which is used just for investing in the ICO and most importantly what is the business like how the tokens will be used or how the product will be self-sustaining. So these are the basic things which I think everybody looks into, right? Like any company you want to invest in, these are the things that you look into. But beyond this, you should go a bit further and check a few other things. Like for example, the team composition. So who are the people who is part of this project? What is the capability of the technical team? Who is the CEO? Who is the advisor? So all these things matter. The second thing is the token model. So uh, for example, uh, Dogecoin. So the Dogecoin token model is inflationary. So with time, the number of tokens will just keep on increasing. Whereas Bitcoin, Bitcoin is finite and limited. So with time, it's a deflationary currency. So imagine you want to invest $100 today. Will you want to invest in something which is inflationary or deflationary? Of course, you would want to do it in a project which is deflationary. Right, right. A normal thing. So, so that's, that's how you should see a tokenomics. Like, if there's infinite number of tokens, then is there a token burn policy? If not, how they are managing the whole ecosystem? So that is very important. Then probably you should go and look in the business model. Like, what industry they are in? Suppose they are in the healthcare industry, or suppose they are in the finance industry, or suppose they are in the tourism industry. So. Right now, if you are given these three choices, which you think is the most important or most plausible to succeed, mm. probably I will choose something which is in the healthcare industry or fintech industry. Mm. Because I think for the next three to five years, because of Corona, the tourism industry will suffer. So these are the things you should keep in mind before investing. And finally, the last two things, one is what are their collaborations and partners? And where are they legally established, if they have a legal address or not. And after these things, you come to if they have a working product or not. So right in the beginning, in 2017, when ICO craze was at the highest, so a lot of people raised a lot of money just with the white, white paper and some documents and some website. But right now, I don't think that works. So you should at least have a MVP, a minimum viable product or a working product, which 
people can use only then it makes your project viable so these are the things which i would like to advise people to look into any project before they are investing in any icos or any kind of tokens yeah yeah right just uh, the crypto space is based on blockchain technology so if any project is not based on blockchain or any firm that is already not working on a blockchain type of technology so they can use this type of icos for their company or not well it's a tricky question i think um, they can uh, but the whole point is uh, crypto or tokens is the hard heartbeat of blockchain so if you are having a blockchain based project mm. uh, it's easy for you to use tokens so that people are incentivized to use your platform and then you can grow and have network effect but if you do not want to use blockchain or if you don't want to use uh, any kind of uh, digital ledger technology in your product itself but mm. you just want to use uh tokens to raise funds mm-hmm. so there's something called stos which is security token offering so oh. basically in security token offering uh, you are offering people tokens instead of equity so this is exactly how equity market works mm. and you will be able to uh invest in that company using the tokens so basically the company promises that after a certain time they are going to release fixed amount of tokens and they will be released for the investors to invest in so of course the company can build an sto token just for the purpose of raising funds so that's a total possibility yes all right all right all right all right so now if company wants to raise some funds or launch an ico so what is the process of evaluation and deciding the number of coins should be in the market and launching proper launching so what is the whole process of that uh i think there are various processes involved about before launching a coin the first thing i would say is uh having a problem statement so if suppose the company is already working in a space which ha- which they have clearly defined a problem statement and they have a solution to that problem mm. then they can think of the next step of launching an ico mm. and then of course launching an ico is not something which is easy right now so there are various steps and various uh, expenses involved so on an average before you want to start an ico you would probably need roughly between say 150000 to 200000 us dollars if you want to do it in a proper manner and why the amount is needed i'll give you a big breakdown so uh after the problem statement and everything is defined you need to create a company and the company should be in a jurisdiction where uh ico or fundraising is allowed maybe it can be estonia or it can be singapore uh it can be any jurisdiction mm. so you need lawyers for you to file those papers for you to have to create a company so that will take maybe 5000 to 10000 dollars right all right yeah after that uh, you need to create a team so of course you have your own core team which is doing the development or which is building the project but then you need people say in business development in marketing in pr uh, for advisory roles or for blockchain consulting so there are various things which are needed to make a project 
complete so you need to hire these people so that you can have credibility only technical people will not be able to launch a very good coin mm. the second thing is the this is the second thing the third thing is uh, you have to spend money on promotions on marketing on white paper development on website development on app development so these are all the things which you have to spend in and it will cost you anything between say 50000 to $80000 So now, after spending a thousand, a hundred thousand dollars from your own pocket, you are finally ready to do an ICO. So at this point, you have an option of doing an ICO directly from your website. So what does that mean? So you have done marketing, and there are a lot of people who want to invest in your tokens. But these people, they are not sure if you want to list your tokens in an exchange or not. So then you have to have an exchange partnership. Say you want to have a partnership with. a tier one exchange like binance so most of the time binance has only one or two projects which are invited otherwise if you have to go and you know list your tokens on binance you have to pay them anywhere between 300000 to 500000 us dollars hmm. but then that's not something which everybody does at the first time so they go for some smaller exchanges like uh, secoin dcx or wazirx or uh, international exchanges like uh widebit or emirx mm-hmm. uh so all these will cost you some amount of money as well and what does this exchange do is basically guarantee the users that hey if you invest in this project you have an exchange which allows you to trade or sell when the project is listed so this is called ieo or initial exchange offering wherein you sell your tokens through an exchange so these are all the processes for launching an ico but then you also have to figure out ways wherein uh, once you raise the money how will you use the money so you want to keep it in the crypto form you have to sell you can sell it or you can keep it in usdt so this is called treasury management so these kind of treasury management there are specialized companies which help you do and you know plan for it for the next 2 3 years before your ico can develop on its own now this topic is always been a discussion among many people do we really need a centralized or decentralization and also we want regulations so what i think that if we get some regulations or regulated something then uh, decentralization is of nothing so do we really need regulations or not and if we need then till what extent we actually need it or there should be some limitations so what do you think about that right so uh, i feel regulations are important because a uh, lot of time crypto gets a bad name that um, bad money or tainted money is being moved using crypto but i don't feel that that amounts to a lot so why i feel that is currently almost all the exchanges binance xrex wazirx uh, widebit all these exchanges are partnering with uh, crypto AML companies, which is anti-money laundering company. So these companies are like Chain Analysis, Cipher Trace, uh, TRM Labs. So all these companies help crypto companies and exchanges to see where the money is coming from and where the money is going out. So Xrex, the company which I currently working, has now one of the first and most advanced search engines and also its own uh, AML policy. wherein we do not allow people to deposit crypto without any kyc and yeah well it's a kind of a uh, 
dilemma for us why we should do it why why we shouldn't be like binance or any other crypto companies well for us it's very clear we want people to start investing in a company which does everything by the books and which is very regulated and well some people might not like regulation crypto is something which people feel that should be decentralized and should not be regulated for them there are many defi projects many dexes where in or decentralized exchanges wherein they can just go and invest their tokens in or invest in any token they want to do for us we prefer to be regulated and we prefer to do everything by the books so as i said to you before crypto is going to be divided in two very distinct branches one is the regulated exchanges and uh regulated crypto companies and the other is defi projects mm. but sooner or later for defi projects to grow and get more funds in they also have to have some way of uh doing kyc or knowing knowing your customers or kyb knowing your business so that crypto investors or crypto hedge funds uh, can invest in defi as well so this is how the whole scenario is panning out so 5 years back when i was just new to the industry people were saying crypto is like gambling crypto is like uh like a bubble but right now people are telling crypto is a very risky asset mm. so from being a bubble from being a gambling uh vehicle it has come to being recognized as an asset class mm. and I feel if given a chance and if people have a long term view of investing in crypto it's one of the most rewarding asset classes and every 4 5 years because of uh, the bitcoin halving phenomenon the price of bitcoin will double or triple so 5 years down the line if you invest $100 in bitcoin it's going to be at least $300 no questions asked so even if people don't understand a, a lot of whole lot of different coins they can just start with investing in the top 2 bitcoin and ethereum that's it right actually i also think that because uh, this type of instability in this bitcoin is just because it has been started being adopted by different people and people are getting used to it this time is to adapt to it so i think this is a main problem due that is getting that much unstable and there are a lot of sources on the internet regarding the different type of knowledge so what are the reliable sources you think that people should really go to and like yes so uh, i feel uh, yeah as you said bitcoin is getting you know accepted in lot of uh, different institutions businesses and uh, as a risky asset class but uh, not only that it's going to get accepted in a lot of countries as well so for example recently el salvador started accepting bitcoin as a payment method mm. um in japan xrp or ripple is always already classified as a payment method mm. uh in countries like romania bulgaria so eastern european countries so they they hold bitcoin as part of their treasury like for example in india reserve bank of india holds us dollars as part of their treasury mm. in those countries they hold bitcoin as part of their treasury so a lot of information like this can be obtained from various sites so one of them uh, is i would say coin telegraph so it's a news media channel wherein you get a lot of news about different industry different organization different businesses 
adapting crypto and blockchain. Uh, then if you want to know more about coins and tokens, you can go to a website called CoinMarketCap, wherein you see all the different coins that are there listed in various exchanges. What is the market cap? Uh, what is the, uh, what do you call it? What is the uh, website link? And uh, all these things, all these information are there in uh, the CoinMarketCap. And then uh, if you want to study or know more about the blockchain and crypto and Bitcoin, uh, you can go to a website called Coin Intelligence. So in Coin Intelligence, you have basically hour-long uh, videos where you can sit and get the right knowledge about Bitcoin. And then, of course, you can follow some great people who are there uh, giving great knowledge about Bitcoin. And uh, this is how you get the knowledge. And of, of course, everything cannot be fed to you. So once you have the knowledge, you have to you know, digest the knowledge and then search for the answers that you are looking into and get a very brief idea about what is the technology all about and how people are using this kind of tech. So I think the three main websites I would suggest is uh, Cointelegraph for the media and news, uh, CoinMarketCap for knowing all the different coins and tokens and all the things that are related with the tokens, including the number of tokens, the value, which are the exchanges they are listed in. And finally, Coin Intelligence, which is a free to use website where you can just go and study more about the crypto and blockchain and Bitcoin. Right, right. So I, other than this, I also prefer uh, sometimes Twitter for it. So if you uh, some follow some really good people on Twitter, so they will also be great. For I think yes, yes. So in Twitter, there are many people whom you can follow, and um, like you can follow CZ, who is the owner of Binance. You can uh, follow Sumit Gupta, the owner of Coin DCX. You can follow the owner of Wazirx, Nischal. So there are many people in the crypto space uh, you can follow in twitter and you can get some knowledge about what is exactly happening on a you know uh, like first mm -hmm. first hand basis mm -hmm. i think the, this was a great podcast and nice to talk to you this time we are winding the podcast and everything will be great and this bitcoin will go far up i think and all the crypto and blockchain will be adopted in india also yeah of course in india there are many such projects which are going on uh, recently, the India stack is also trying to implement Bitcoin. I know I'm from West Bengal, uh, India. So there is a place called Dugapur in West Bengal where they were doing a birth certificate and death certificate linked to blockchain. So there are a lot of uh, blockchain-based projects going on in Telangana as well. So the future is very good for Bitcoin and I hope that blockchain is get more implemented in the Indian subcontinent and the Indian government takes a proper uh, regulation and views on this new asset class. Yeah. Thank you Ishan for your time. I really had a good time explaining all these things. It's really nice to you know share your knowledge. The more you teach, the more you tell, you get to know more about what is happening and uh, it gives a very big joy to me to be able to do this with you today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.